All right. So we'll continue with the apocalypse today. We were studying the, the generation of the fig tree. And while the parable is questionable, the evidence that's contained in the Bible points to this speaking about the return of the tribe of Judah specifically into the Holy Land. And this did not happen until 1948. So in, say, 68, 69 AD, the Jews rebelled from Roman rule. And the future emperor Titus came down and he uh, sacked Jerusalem, destroyed the temple, and scattered the Jews. But there was still a lot left there. And then there was Bar Kabbalah revolt in 134 AD, I believe it was that the emperor Hadrian pretty much tried to wipe out the Jews, and from there they were spread throughout all the world. Yet the Jews kept their national identity despite being spread uh, throughout all nations of the world. It's called the diaspora, uh, or the, the scattering of the Jews. And there was always a small presence in Palestine, but around the 600s AD, the Muslim conquest came in, and from that time, other than a few short years during the Crusades, the Muslims controlled Jerusalem and, and the, the Holy Land until 1918 during the First World War when uh, the British took it back over. And then there was a short period of peace before World War II broke out. And again, there was, there was not a lot of fighting there. General Rommel of the Germans was trying to fight his way through the Holy Land so he could take control of the oil supplies in uh, Azerbaijan, but uh, he, he was stopped in Egypt. Then we had the Holocaust, and during that time, Baron Rothschild was using oil money to help repatriate the Jews, and then around 1948, the, the UN offered a, a two-state solution to them and the, uh, the people, the Muslim people living there to what are known as the Palestinians at this time. And the Arab people rejected the two-state solution and they decided instead to drive the Jews into the sea, which didn't work out well for them. And, you know, there's been several wars since then with each war Israel winning and taking over. So now we're, uh, many of these prophecies in the Bible could not come to pass without the tribe of Judah, the the modern nation of Israel existing. They, they just could not come to pass because it, it says that the Jews will be there during this time and, and that time. And uh, so for 2,000 years, this could not have happened. And then in 1948, it happened. In the, we'll, continue, we'll go to Matthew chapter 24. And we'll cover what we read last time. It was uh, in verse 32. Christ speaking on, he says, Now learn a parable of the fig tree. When his branch is yet tender and put forth leaves, you know that summer is nigh. Likewise, when you shall see all these things, know that it is near even at the doors. Verily I say unto you that this generation shall not pass till all these things be fulfilled. So we saw there if we did not separate the subject and the object, it would seem like he's saying the generation of the people he's speaking to would not pass before the things be fulfilled. But the subject is actually the parable of the fig tree. And in Jeremiah chapter 24, we saw that he, the prophet Jeremiah saw a vision of 
two baskets of figs sit before the temple of Jerusalem. And one was the, the good people of the, the tribe of Judah and the other was, was bad figs, uh, symbolic of a people. So we, we saw two distinct peoples there. So that, if we go along that line of thinking, then the generation that saw the birth of this nation, the, the parable of the fig tree, the, the fig the fig tree does not produce fruit, which would be, if we liken it to people, it would be children or one generation to the next. So the founding of the nation, those people all die away and then the next generation takes up. That, that has not happened yet. There's uh, three generations uh, mentioned in the Bible being generations of men. One's a 40-year generation. The other's a 70-year generation, which both of those have passed since the founding of, of um, Israel. But we could go back to the 67, 1967 war where Israel captured Jerusalem. And then there's a 120-year generation mentioned in Genesis. So we're well within that time frame, depending where we start. And, you know, it could be talking about something else, but these things have never happened before. We have a situation with Israel where this nation really should not even exist because it is the only people out of all the people of the world that remember where they came from. So for like into antiquity, like all the Romans are gone, all the... Medes and the Persians, they're all gone. I mean, their people's still around, but they no longer have a national identity. The Jews are unique in this fashion. And they are blessed. The, the nation of Israel now, it just came out like last week, that they are, their artificial intelligence technology is now the top in Europe. And it's only the top in Europe because or one of their universities has a partnership with Europe. So because these people in Europe are connected with the Israelis, their artificial intelligence technology is top of the line. Military technology, we saw not long ago the Iron Dome that shot down all the missiles coming in at them. Israel, in my view, over the next 10 to 20 years will continue to become a technological powerhouse, uh, even a shining beacon. Most of the things over there is rubble surrounding it, and Israel is becoming an extremely high-tech civilization. They have big, starting to have big skyscrapers in Tel Aviv, and it is against all odds, Israel is beginning to be blessed exceptionally, where we will have a situation where his neighbors will be extremely jealous. And right now in politics, the United States is pretty much the only power out of all the countries, even major and minor powers, that supports Israel. Uh, always there's resolutions in the UN Security Council against Israel, and the United States vetoes every one of them. We, so we have a powder keg there if the United States falls or something like that, or if they revoke their protection of Israel, we'll have the whole world against Israel. And we have several situations brewing there that go along with the things that they talk about in the book of uh, Ezekiel, where the last battle is, and we have the people from Armenia and up in that area 
fighting and coming down on Jerusalem, and we have the people from Ethiopia coming up. We have a situation up in in Armenia and Azerbaijan. They're fighting, and the Turkish are in there fighting as well. And then on the southern front, we have the the GERD, the uh, Great Ethiopian Renaissance Dam. They are have been arguing for months, years even. But like right now, it's starting to come to a head where the Ethiopians are in a civil war, but they're fighting with Egypt and Sudan about this big dam they're building on the Nile River. And like last week or two, Greece came out and said they support the Egyptians. And then the Turkish are in the mix too, and they're fighting with the Greeks. And they're also fighting in Libya as well, like by proxy war. So we have a, a huge I can't go into it all because there's so many interconnected alliances and stuff, but it's turning into a bomb that just could go, could go off. Uh, it's not covered in media very much. This, all this comes from foreign news sources, um, but, you know, it's, it's accurate. So we have a, a, a lot going on around Israel that can bring in the, the superpowers, the Russians, and the, uh, you know, possibly the Chinese, the Americans. But we'll just see how those things work out. But we'll continue on here in um, Matthew 24. And after Christ said those things, in verse 35, it, He says, Heaven and earth shall pass away, but My word shall not pass away. But of the day and hour knoweth no man, not the angels of heaven, but My Father only. But as in the days of Noah, were so shall be also the coming of the son of man be for as in the days that were before the flood they were eating and drinking and marrying and giving in marriage till the day that noah entered into the ark and knew not until the flood came and took them away so also shall the coming of the son of man be so we got two Two thoughts there. One is that it shall come suddenly because in those times the people were, the people were taken by surprise from the flood. Most of them, while Noah was building his ark, uh, most of them were laughing at him and, and thinking he was an idiot because he had never rained before and there was a, a man building a boat and everybody thought he was a lunatic. I would assume. I would assume that would be the case. But but it, Christ brings up a, a really interesting point there where He says, as in the days of Noah, so shall uh, the end be. So how were how was it in the days of Noah? What What's the, uh, the common thought of how it is in the days of Noah? Yeah, that, they were wicked. Um, that that is the prevailing view and of the flood is taught like i remember in reading uh children's bible stories they talk about the serpent and all and uh in the garden of eden and they said that the serpent walked on four legs and then god took away his legs and stuff like that and that's the image that always stuck with me from from childhood and then it said that they were wicked men in in um, the time of Noah, and so God destroyed the world. But 
those things aren't exactly what the Bible says when, when we go back and look. So to actually see what it says, we'll turn to Genesis chapter 6. And, and that is the common prevailing thought that everybody was just bad and so God destroyed the world with a flood. And this flood, by the way, is the first event in, say, the Bible that is verified by other historical societies. That does not mean the things that come before this are wrong in no way, shape, or form. But because to modern people kind of view the Bible as not correct, but they'll go to these other like cruniform tablets that the Assyrians left or anything that isn't from the Bible, they kind of say that it's correct when it's the exact opposite. The Bible is correct and these other things are corruptions of that. Uh, but we do have several different witnesses to a flood from the Assyrians, the Babylonians, the Egyptians, I think the Egyptians are in there, but several lesser known people in the area all left records of a massive flood. So this is not something that is unique to the Bible, but the event is recorded. So, so we'll start in chapter 6, verse 1. And it came to pass that when men began to multiply on the face of the earth and daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men and that they were fair and that they took of them wives all which they chose. And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be an hundred and twenty years. That is the, the, um, the giving of the time of um, a generation and now that I think of it that that's probably a pretty good generation to go by because Christ said this generation shall not pass then he quoted from quoted that as in the days of Noah so shall it be in the end and that also brings up another important part and that's what so when Christ quoted from it it brought us here to see what happened in the days of Noah um, but it also brings up another important part because a lot of Christians say that we don't look at the Old Testament, we only look at the New Testament. However, when Christ quotes from a book, that means that he believes it, that it is, he sets his seal on it. He's quoted now from the book of Genesis and this account, which we just read, that the, the sons of God came down and they saw the daughters of men and it, they were beautiful and they... Uh, they were fair and they took of them wives, which means in the Bible they slept with them or, or had some sort of intercourse with all that they chose. Because the sons of God would have been, these would be angels, fallen angels, and they would have been much more intelligent and handsome than regular men, I would say, or, or different at very least. Verse 4, And there were giants in the earth in those days and also after that. When the sons of God came into the daughters of men and they bare children of them, the same became mighty men who were old men of renown. Now, uh, a few things here. These men, the offspring of these angels and these uh, women, 
were much more than normal men. That says they were bigger in stature, but we can also assume that they were much more intelligent if we had if we were going along that line of thinking, but here it is right here in the Bible that they are much different than the men, the, the human men, or the, the, the holy human men. And it is likely that they were able to produce knowledge that we have many ancient monuments that there is no explanation for that we could not build today in, in some some sense and God saw that the wickedness of man was great on the earth and that every imagination of the thoughts of his heart was only evil continually and it repented the Lord that he had made man on the earth and it grieved him in his heart and the Lord said I will destroy man whom I have created from the face of the earth both man and beast and all the creeping thing and the fowls of the air for it repenteth me that I have made man that I have made them. But Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. These are the generations of Noah. Noah was a just man, and this is very important, perfect in his generations. And Noah walked with God. So when it says he was perfect in his generations, what does that mean? Um, when it says this in a generation, this is like a genealogy. So, so-and-so begat so-and-so and begat this one and begat that one. It's a genealogy, like progeny. So he is perfect in his generations. And we were just talking about that the people of this geographical area were, and there's some thought on was the flood global or was it in this area where these Geber or uh, hybrids were were dwelling when it says he's perfect in his generations his people's blood had not been polluted by intermarrying or, or having sex or whatever they were doing because a technologically advanced entity can impregnate women in some way whether it's through sex all angels are mentioned as men but whether or not it's through sex or through some other means to create these, like they say now, that the Chinese scientists are mixing human embryos with bulls and monkeys and everything else and creating hybrids. So through technological means, this is possible. But Noah was perfect in his generations. And if we remember when we studied about Christ, in order for him to be a sacrifice, how did he have to be? Without spot or blemish. His generations must be perfect. And if we turn to the genealogy of Luke, we see that Christ is a direct descendant through Noah. So because begat this one and Noah begat this one and that one and all the way down into Christ. So it's through the this was Satan and his angels attempt to pollute the bloodline. Remember something happened with Eve and Cain a few chapters back where Satan attempted to pollute the bloodline of uh, that Christ would come through and God gave the prophecy that he was going to put enmity between the serpent's seed and the woman's seed and he was going to bruise her seed's heel but he would ultimately bruise the head or, or crush the serpent. 
So we see that this is what it looked like in, in that time. So let's see if there's more, more second witnesses to this. But Christ just quoted from it and he said, so shall it be as it was in the days of Noah. So what do we have in the days of Noah? We have some sort of entities here who are superior to men and they're sleeping with the women. Let's go to Second Peter chapter 2. And of course it could be that he was meaning that the end would come suddenly, but I think it is best that we went back to see exactly what happened in Genesis because that episode there is unique in the Bible. It kind of stands out as strange, correct? You have these things are called Nephilim, uh, a fallen angels or fallen ones. We go to Second Peter chapter two. It's uh, almost at the back, just a few books before Revelation. Second Peter chapter two, verse four says, "For if God spared not the angels that sinned, but cast them down to hell and delivered them into chains and darkness to be reserved for judgment, and spared not the whole world, but saved Noah." And the eighth person and a preacher of righteousness bringing the flood upon the world of the ungodly and turning the sins, uh, the cities of Sodom and Gomorrah to ashes. Okay, so I just came there to get the angels and, and what happened in Noah's age. And then he goes on to say that he's not going to spare this generation either. We'll also turn to the book of Jude. It's only one chapter. It's the one right before Revelation. Uh, Jude was the brother of Jesus, the younger brother. A lot of unique information in the book of Jude, though it's only one chapter. We'll start in verse 5. I will therefore, therefore put you in remembrance, uh, though you once knew this, how that the Lord, having saved the people out of, Egypt, out of the land of Egypt, afterwards destroyed them that believed not. Then he switches subjects. And the angels which kept not their first estate, but left their own habitation, he hath reserved in everlasting chains unto darkness, unto judgment, unto the judgment of the great day. So again, we see here that the angels left their habitation and they came. And um, where did they go? They went and they laid with the sons of, or the daughters of men. So. To drive the point home, let's go to Revelation chapter 12, verse 7. And there was war in heaven, and Michael and his angels fought against the dragon, and the dragon fought and his angels, and prevailed not, neither was their place found any more in heaven. And the great dragon was cast down, that old serpent, in case we were wondering who the serpent was in Genesis, in the Garden of Eden, called the devil and Satan, which deceiveth the whole world. He was cast out into the earth, 
and his angels were cast out with him. So we see that this is, we read this a couple weeks ago uh, when we were talking about the stars of heaven and, and stuff like that. But we notice again that the devil is cast out and and his angels at the same time are cast out with him. And we just had Christ say, so as it was in the days of Noah, so shall it be in the end. Now, the tribulation and all that can happen without any fantastical or, or things of, say, what would we would term extraterrestrial or extra-dimensional origin. But the Bible seems to say that it will not. Even now, if we remember the videos that have been released recently um, in the last month and uh, say a couple of years ago, we're seeing the U.S. Uh, military seeing uh, vehicles that are cannot be explained. These things can move very rapidly. They do not. They are multi-medium. They can go under the water. They can go in the air, and they appear to be able to travel in space without any visible means of propulsion, like there's no exhaust coming from them. They just go in one way, and immediately they can turn at a speed, or not turn, but go in a completely different direction at a speed that would kill a human. They have not said, they just came out with a report in June about, basically they said they don't know what they are. And they... Yeah, with the coronavirus bill, they had to release what they knew, but we can assume that this isn't all they know. But it is something they've never done before. I mean, people's always chased UFOs, and, and everybody's always thought they were crazy people or whatever, but there have been many of these things that they could not explain. Like, there is video of these things uh, that fighter pilots and these aren't crazy people i mean to fly a jet you have to go through all kinds of i mean this is a 40 million dollar jet you're flying yeah <laughs> you're not a lunatic and these people have said that they have never seen anything like this one of them was they were videoing this thing and all of a sudden it just disappeared and reappeared like 50 miles away within a second at a rendezvous point where they were supposed to conduct their original training mission, but they got sorted off to like see what this thing was because they appear to be able to appear and disappear from radar at will. They appear to also be able to hide themselves uh, visibly uh, from visible light uh, spectrum. They some of the fighter pilots reported seeing a disturbance on the water and this thing appeared like uh, not necessarily out of the water, like it was there already disturbing the water. You just couldn't see it. And then it appeared. So a lot, a lot of things strange with that for sure. Let me see where we're at on time and we can go further. Uh, no, I think it went out. Uh, they got it out after a few hours. So, we got about five more minutes. Let's turn and see what, uh, if there's any mention of vehicles. Let's go to 2 Kings chapter 6. And we have the prophet Elijah 
He's surrounded by his enemies and the, the town is besieged. And uh, he's got a helper there with him. And the helper is, um, he's scared because of all the people that's surrounding him. That's uh, 2nd Yep, Second Kings chapter six. Uh, Kings is a uh, history of the Israelite king near, kind of near the beginning, about a quarter of way into the Bible. So Elisha was one of the greatest prophets of the Lord. He did many, many miracles, like very powerful miracles. Chapter six of verse seventeen. And it's talking about how the, the enemies came in verse 14. Therefore he sent thither horses and chariots and a great host, and they came by night and could pass the city about. And when the servant of the man of God, that is the servant of Elisha, was uh, risen up early and gone forth, behold, the host can pass the city with both horses and chariots. And his servant said unto him, Alas, master, how shall we do? And he answered, this is the man of God answering, Fear not, for they that be with us are more than they that be with them. Verse 17, And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray thee, open his eyes that he may see. And the Lord opened his eyes of the young man, and he saw, behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire round about Elisha. And it came down to him, and Elisha prayed unto the Lord and said, Smite this people, I pray thee, with blindness. And he smote them with blindness according to the word of Elisha. So the whole host of the army that was uh, there was smitten with blindness. But we see before that it was full of horses. Now these people have no way of describing anything that is other than a horse whenever it carries someone. And he also said there were chariots of fire. What could that mean? Again, remember these people have seen nothing more technologically advanced than an ox cart. But what we see that these things were hidden and then the Lord opened the servant's eyes and he could see that they were surrounded by uh, an an angelic host. Let's turn one more place. Uh, The book of Ezekiel, the prophet Ezekiel. Now this is old language and somewhat confusing and through the translations, but I'll, I'll hit the highlights of it. Book of Ezekiel, Middle Ways, one of the four major prophets. I'll start in verse 5, verse uh, chapter 1. I'll start in verse 1 actually. Now it came to pass in the 30th year in the fourth month of the fifth day of the month that I was among the captives by the river Kibar. And the heavens opened and I saw visions of God in the fifth day of the month, which was the fifth year of the king Jehoiakim's captivity. And the word of the Lord came expressly unto Ezekiel the priest, the son of Buzi, in the land of the Chaldeans by the river Kibar. And the hand of the Lord there was upon him. And I looked, and behold, a whirlwind coming out of the north, a great cloud with a fire enfolding itself, and the brightness was about it. 
So something came and it was glowing and it looked like a fire enfolding on itself, whichever, whatever that would mean. But I would think that it would mean like a fire that was continually brighter and folding in on itself. And out of the midst of there was the color of amber out of the midst of fire. Now this word amber here is a Hebrew word that means highly polished bronze or metal. So this thing was a highly polished metal object. And remember, Ezekiel did not know of anything more technologically advanced than an ox cart. And it, he said that it was living creatures and, and there were some sort of creatures there as well, perhaps an angelic host, but also vehicles were being described. Another, we'll skip down a few verses. And we're reading, they went, everyone went straight forward whether the Spirit was to go when they went, and they turned not as they went. For the likeness of the living creatures and their appearance was as burning coals of fire like the appearance of lamps. What does a lamp do? It glows. What is the common denominator of these things that are seen? They glow. It went up and down among the living creatures and the fire was bright and went out from the fire lightning. So we see these things, uh, these things glowed and they turned not when they went. What, what does that mean? Like if we drive a car or a cart or anything like that to make a circle, we have to turn. These things turn not as they went. If they wanted to go forward, they go forward. If they want to go back, they go back. If they want to go up, they go up. If they want to go down, they go down. Uh, any video of these things that we see now, it, it could be going 10,000 miles an hour one way and immediately it is going directly back the other way. No slowing down, no stopping. It's just going one way. It goes another way instantly. Verse 14. No, I mean, they don't. These things that we see today are just videos of uh, round objects, uh, wheel-shaped objects, if you were. Yeah, and what we've seen isn't nothing like that. I mean, it's been a little ways away, but some reports of these things being within hundreds of feet of a ship. Uh, we won't say that they're aliens. Uh, God created in the Genesis, it says, let us create man in our image. And it is plural. These things that came down, they saw the daughters of men and they were attractive to them. And all angels are portrayed as male in the Bible. But again, we do not know exactly what this means. We do not know. We know that they were able to reproduce with the women whether through sex or through technological means. I, I will not say it's extraterrestrial. It probably would be better described as extra-dimensional. Like there is a world other than this. The, the Apostle Paul said that the Lord is a spirit and does the things of the spirit. There is a world that is spirit, but also 
it appears or the Bible says that the angel of the Lord will sometimes and his angels will appear here. Uh, but it appears these fallen angels came down to cause disruption. They left their first habitation and they came here and now they're bound in chains until they are cast out with Satan once again. We'll go a few more verses. And the living creatures ran and returned and had the appearance of a flash of lightning. What does that mean? It means they move very, to me, it means they move very fast, which is what we see the reports of these things uh, of being able to, they calculate and being able to move 10,000 miles an hour. If any man was in a, a, a conveyance like that without some sort of protection that we would not know, it would kill him. Like, yeah, yeah me, uh, like fighter pilots, when they get Mach 2 or 3 or whatever, they, they can't turn because they'll pass out. And that's just like, Two times the speed of sound. We're talking 1,200 miles an hour. Now, I beheld the living creatures, and behold, one wheel was on the earth by the living creature, which had four faces, and the appearance of the wheels and their work was like the color of beryl. And that's a, a metallic or a, the color of a, maybe a topaz, I think. And uh, four had one likeness, and their appearance of their work was, as it were, a wheel in the middle of a wheel. And when they went, they went upon their four sides, and they turned not as they went. As for their rings, they were so high that they were dreadful, and their rings were full of eyes round about them, or, or, or view holes, or, or what you would say. Other places it says that these wheels look like wheels turned on their sides. So if we mention the wheel and we turn it on its side, we can see what these things appeared to be to the prophet Ezekiel. Now, these things were from the Lord, and the Lord spoke to Ezekiel while he was seeing these things. So we know that they're not all evil. We know, but from this we see that there is some form of conveyance that conveys these things, these angelic beings, and we know that there are good angels and there are bad angels. And it says it right here in the Bible. So if we believe all the other things, the good teachings of the Bible, be good to your neighbor, thou shalt not kill, thou shalt not steal, that the Lord is coming to save our souls and that Jesus is coming. If we believe all these things, then Jesus himself just quoted from the book of Genesis where, you know, the common thought is that men were just wicked during the time of Noah, but we just went there and we saw that there were some strange, very strange things happening in the time of Noah. And then we see in the book of Revelation that the angel, the devil and his angels are cast out. Uh, there's a few other places that go into this, but we won't go to them and, and we'll move on to the next lecture. But it's safe to say if we're visited by something otherworldly that we are in the end of days, or at least I will continue, or that's the, my take on it but again this does not have to happen for the the things that's in the bible we can just see it as men were exceedingly wicked and and we see that today uh, much more so because of uh, the internet and how we can all see things whereas we we could not see each other before uh, an example would be the school shootings uh, they, they started happening around uh, 98 i mean there there have been a few isolated incidents before that but because of the the mass media, because it came into the minds of these wicked people, 
to, to go in and murder children, though they were children themselves, they, they were wicked and, and of the devil because it came into their minds and the news broadcasted, it came into everybody else's mind as well. So for a while there, there was a school shooting every, every few days. You know, those mass shootings, for whatever reason, they stopped during the pandemic. And, but, you know, recently they, they've started back up. But during the pandemic, I didn't hear of one mass shooting. There, there was other problems, but there was, a, for whatever reason, a lack of mass shootings. And I, I, that was just strange to me. I guess probably because of the, the weirdness of the whole pandemic lockdown situation, which... which that, that is true. Uh, now, but, mm-hmm. uh, but, you know, sometimes they shoot up grocery stores and stuff like that where, where they would have still been people. I, I think it just probably put their mind on something else. And then we had uh, various riots for different reasons break out in very different countries, some of them over lockdown, some of them over race. Some of them, it, it just comes to people being locked in their homes for especially city dwellers. Imagine being locked in a house for six months, a 600-square-foot house. And like a lot of places, not necessarily where we live, but a lot of places took that to, to heart and the people didn't go out. But uh, anyway, we'll end there today. It's just always been to me a strange thing. And Christ teaches it right there in uh, his sermon on how the things will be in the end of the world. Uh, so uh, any questions on anything?